Happy Mother's Day! <laughs>that those who are just anxious and curious about life yeah it's for you yeah so we're gonna talk about some new things we're gonna talk about some old things we are going to try to change your perspective on things but we also want you to share your perspective on what we're talking about so happy mother's day Happy Mother's Day! <laughs> it's been so long since we've said that. I know. I, I can't know. believe we're back. I, we're back. Season so two of Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. So why don't we start with that? Okay. So much has changed. What you has go changed? first. I have two babies. <laughs> I think the last time two that we choice. we was I pregnant? I might have been pregnant. I don't know. I, I think, think we had just. Okay, maybe we just found out. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't think I was like pregnant, pregnant yet. Leah, I have two little girls, Sydney and Emery. And Emery is just our 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 baby, our grown baby. And how's my boo doing? Queenie's so good. She is five now, going on twenty-five. Mm. Yes, she is. She's so kind. Mm -hmm. Like I am learning so much about myself. Mm-hmm. through her um so that's good what else has changed for me hmm oh i have a big change oh i quit my job i and probably the biggest change of <laughs> it all but yeah i'm doing social media media consulting all of those things full time now i am still kind of doing law on the side but that hasn't been the focus so i'm just really you know focusing on this part of our business which yeah, it's pretty big. That it's is a big huge. change. That is a big change. It's just been a long time coming. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, you know, us talking about it and you working up to that and the anxiety around mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. preparing for that. And that yeah. was here. And- I know. I know. And I feel like it was just so scary because I didn't have like a blueprint. I didn't have like someone to kind of walk me through that process, which is actually a perfect segue to the first episode, um, or this episode rather, um, the pressure of being the The first, first. you know? So we decided to reach out to you guys and ask you guys if you guys have ever been the first of anything, or if you've experienced the pressure of being the first. And I feel like we expected those, I don't want to say cliche, but for a a lack of better word, cliche, Um, but like the first to graduate, the first to be homeowners, you know, like some of the things that we, we kind of really think about when we think about being the first, but y'all dug deep. And I think the one that hit me the most was the first being in a place where we're not in a financial deficit in our family. And I'm like, whoa, like I can totally relate to that, but that's not something that I would originally think about. Yeah. I think that resonates, um, you know, for all of us mm-hmm. right now, like for sure, paving the way and um, being more fiscally responsible, mm-hmm. and um, and not, I did not grow up 
seeing that. I mean, I think the best advice my mom gave was like, just live below your means. And I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't know what that means. And she didn't break it down. Mm-hmm. That is what stuck with me. Um, but truly, you know, being the first to think about those ways, to think about those things and to seek out a financial advisor, mm-hmm. um, just like we, you know, seek out spiritual guidance mm-hmm. or therapy or whatever. But, you know, being really intentional about our finances, mm-hmm. um, I do believe that perhaps I'm not the first in my family to to think of these things, but perhaps, but I think I'm the first to really to dive deep yeah. in and to think about how I create a legacy and estate planning for my daughter. Um, I I am certain that, you know, that wasn't happening in Mm -hmm. my family. Mm -hmm. You're actually the person that inspired me to get an accountant. You know, like I just feel like in my family, I'm a first generation Haitian American and I definitely felt the pressure to be financially responsible, but there was no conversation about like, and then what? Like I have this money, but like, in my mind, I'm like, I need to save it. I need to hold on to it. And then I found out about taxes. <laughs> and, you know, the importance of, you know, quote unquote, getting rid of your money and investing in those kinds of things. And I'm kind of in the middle of that, too. And like you said, with estate planning, we haven't done that. but We just started the process. One that's very scary process yes. and very necessary process. And it can also be a costly process. Yes. So I think for us. You know, we were a little bit hesitant to go into it originally because, you know, it costs some money to start the process. And when you're in a what we call a scarcity mindset, you want to hold on to your money. And sometimes you need, you know, your friends, your I mean, it has been my peers. Unfortunately, my parents, I don't think they know much about that process, but it took my peers and people around me to say, like, hey, by the way, this is a thing and this is a thing that you have to do. So, like, that's definitely mm-hmm. I don't know. It just it it gives me not anxiety, but I think sometimes I get frustrated of, you know, from all of the things that I feel like I don't know. And even though I feel like I'm ahead of the curve in so many ways, I still have so much to learn. And it's like, when does it end? When do I just know? Overwhelming. What I want to say that like with estate planning, it is costly, but it's even more costly if you don't do it. Absolutely. Um, So it's just important. We Mm -hmm. should have someone to come on and talk about. Yeah, I have someone in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But, you know, as a single mom going through the estate planning process, I actually shed a lot of tears, you know, thinking and having to make all of those decisions for her. And the questions are just in your face. Yeah. You know, every single detail. um, And then, you know, funding the estate, you know. (laughs) So um, it's not just the cost of the service. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so. It's, it can be really overwhelming and it, it feels daunting. Um, not just the estate planning piece, but just thinking about how we leave a legacy for our families, not just financially, though, you mm-hmm. know, just what we want to leave behind, what we want them to carry on. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. Yeah. I feel like it should be legacy planning yeah. instead of just instead, estate. Yeah. Estate yeah. planning. I think some people may actually call. Yeah, that. I've heard that before. Yeah. What do? You, what was the catalyst for you to go into like to look into that? Did you already know about uh, it? Like how? So how I, did you know? So I, fortunately, I don't even know how. Mm-hmm. I have had a financial advisor since I graduated from college. Oh wow! And that lady has been with me, and I've since, um, you know, gotten others. But um, this one in particular has been with me since I graduated from Bennett. And 
more than anything, you know, when I graduated, my major was computer science. I started as a software developer and that was good money off gate mm -hmm. and I didn't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. And I knew that my mom didn't know what to mm -hmm. do with it. So I needed someone and I reached out to my mentor and I just asked like, do you have, do you know what mm -hmm. I'm supposed to mm -hmm. be doing? Because you know, when you get hired, they start sending you all these things about 401k. I didn't know yeah. anything about this. Mm -hmm. My mom didn't talk yeah. to me about it. I didn't learn it at Bennett. Um, and so my mentor recommended this financial advisor. And as I began to progress in my career and progress financially, she was just like, you know, it's time like, yeah. you know, to start thinking about what to do. So like, even with, you know, life insurance, I had that when I graduated. Wow. She told me to get mm -hmm. it. I didn't know why right. I was getting it, yeah. um, but she was just like, this is cheap, get it. And mm -hmm. I just did. Um, and I kind of was just doing what this cute little white girl told me to do. <laughs> To be honest, so there there was nothing within me that yeah. was pushing for it. Yeah, and it just makes me think like I don't know the the term like deficit and scarcity mindset. Like I just feel like a lot of us are there, and a lot of us don't know what to do unless someone tells unless us someone what to do. And then you know, to be completely transparent, and I shared it just now. She was telling me what to do. I wasn't asking any questions. Mm. And when she would send me things to read or I would get the um, quarterly report, I didn't read those things. Yeah. I still don't. I know. Now I'm just like, it's oh, man, I need to call my accountant because I hadn't had a conversation with her in a while. It's a lot. It's I think, lot. And I think that so many of us think that once we reach you know, our financial goals or we reach, we, we buy that house, you know, we enroll our kids in certain kinds of schools, we buy the car that we want. It kind of ends there, but we never really think about like our descendants, the people that are come that'll yeah. come after us. And it's like, how are we going to put them in a position to maintain a certain kind of lifestyle? Yeah. And I think that's where I am now, because I'm yeah. like, okay, now I've kind of reached the fi the financial goals that I set out for myself. But and then what? And then what? Mm -hmm. I I think a lot about like, you know, for Queenie, I just want her to have options. Mm -hmm. And. What a blessing to have options. To have options. Mm -hmm. You know, that's it. But I want to go back to the question. It was like, what, um, how does it feel or the pressures around mm -hmm. being the first? And all the pressure that I felt or still feel is really self-induced. Mm. Because I don't remember, you know, my mom saying like, you have to go to college or you have to do this. There was none of that. I don't, I don't, I think she wanted whatever I wanted for me. And I don't even think that. She understood like my level of dreaming mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. my wants and desires or, you know, even when I wanted to go to college because of a different world, like no other reason. <laughs> <laughs> right? I just wanted to go, you know, I wanted mm -hmm. to be Kimberly Reese. Mm -hmm. um, and so I didn't have that pressure really to do anything. Mm -hmm. um, I think they wanted the best for me, but whatever that looked like. And even when it was time to like complete the college applications and I was moving slowly. My mom wasn't on my back wow. about it. Mm -hmm. um, or as I've like made career changes, the only thing that my mom was pressuring me to do was to get a good government job, <laughs> which I did not do. <laughs> I mean, but I feel like it worked out. For it you anyway. worked out. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but I think, so for me, a lot of it was like, you know, my putting all of that pressure on myself mm -hmm. to do these different things or, to change the narrative within my family and for me I also think that that's where a lot of my tendencies around perfectionism crept in really um, yeah just just 
wanting so badly mm -hmm. to shift the narrative, but no one was pressing me to do those things. It was all me. And then once I let that go, I felt like I really started to live like yeah. for myself. Um, I was making changes um, even before I had Queenie, you mm -hmm. know, just because I wanted them, not necessarily because there were pressures around mm -hmm. me. Um, so, yeah, I had a totally different experience. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like all the first, like, first gen kids felt the same exact way. I mean, I wouldn't say the same exact way, but a very similar way. I felt like I had all the pressure. And then I had two options. You're either going to be a doctor or a lawyer. Like, that's it. And I'm like, mm. I actually did try the doctor thing for a minute. You didn't I worked, tell me that. I'm, when I say a minute, I literally mean like a oh, minute. A yeah. So I, my first, first of all, when I went to college, I knew nothing about internships because I'm just like, I need a job. Like in my head, I didn't understand the value of experience mm -hmm. because I, I was coming into college at a deficit. I was coming into college. Like I have to pay for things. I have to pay for my food. I still have bills, you know? So in my mind, I thought it was more advantageous for me to have a job, to have a part-time job. I never had an internship, not a real internship in college. And I don't know if I've mentioned this in the first season before, but my mom owns a couple of doctor's offices in South Florida. So those were my internships. I would just go in and be an office manager or kind of help the doctors and the nurses around. And that was one, you know, my first experience in the working world outside of, you know, just kind of getting a paycheck and actually having to deal with people and working with other professionals. But even then, I was only doing it because I was getting paid because I needed money. Yeah. You know, and I needed money for the summer. I needed money for clothes. I needed money for housing. Like I needed money. I needed, you know, that kind of money. And I don't think that this is not a knock on my parents, but they didn't go through the college experience. I didn't have anyone in my family who I could really go to. To, to ask, like no one, no one ever told me the importance of having an internship. I think my guidance counselor at one time, but I was like, nah, is it paid? Because if it's not paid, you know, I'm not doing it. And I think that having, I think having that pressure, but not really talking about the why is what really got inflated for me. Cause in my mind it was, it was all about money. It was all about reaching some type of financial goal, no matter what the job was. Mm. So I think the first time that I kind of broke away from those expectations is when I taught. So I did a program called Teach for America and I was part of the Miami cohort, but it was also paid. You know what I mean? So I did it because I, it was paid, but I always had a passion for education. But my parents made it very clear, like, that can't be your long term goal. And I think the only reason why they let me do Teach for America was because it was somewhat of a prestigious you know, go and a lot of people go on to go to law school yeah. and medical school. So they're like, this is, you know, temporary for you. But I fell in love. I yeah. fell in love with education. But clearly, you know, they got to me because I ended up being a lawyer. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I ended, well, I mean, for a hot second, but I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. And I think I'm back to, in a way, teaching, in a way, communicating, mm -hmm. in a way, impacting my community where it's not really focused on finances. But it was tough. Like, I definitely felt that pressure. And even now I just had a conversation with my mom yesterday because, you know, in this, in my generation, we feel that pressure to take care of our family. And I'm conflicted now because as much as I want to give back to my family and help my cousins and, you know, help the people that I grew up with, I also have to set my kids up for success in the future. So in my mind, originally it's like any dollar that comes to me trickles back down to my family. Mm -hmm. So the concept of saving or the concept of, taking care of home like I guess the concept of home is different home For is sure. our family home isn't everybody you know home 
first is the four of us. And I'm still really struggling with that. Yeah. Like as of yesterday, I've still been struggling with that. I think that's, I mean, naturally. Yeah. Uh, we all want that. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to be able to take care of our family. And um, you start to look at what boundaries you have to put in place, not just in order to take care of your family mm-hmm. financially, but in yeah. every regard, like setting those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm at a place now where I get really excited about doing things for my mom. Yeah. Um, and she'll never ask for things, but I get really excited because I get to do it like I can. Um I don't want that pressure from other, yeah. You know? So you mm-hmm. you you kind of decide what that looks like for you. That well, at least for me, yeah. I've decided like this is the extension, mm-hmm. um, and I will help where I can and where it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, elsewhere, my family for sure. I love them dearly, but my priorities yes. are you know my mom and Queen mm-hmm. and what I can do for them, and I've sprinkled. The mat, you know, whatever I can elsewhere when I can. I think the key word that you said was boundaries. And that was another, you know, comment that came in. Somebody said, I'm the first in my family to have to establish those boundaries. Mm-hmm. And like the concept of the family unit. I know growing up, I always thought it was so odd when you would ask people like, who's in your family? It's like my mom, my dad, and my two siblings. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what about cousins and grandparents and, you know, play aunties. And it, I think in a way the way that I was at least raised that like your core family consisted of so many people. And I think our generation, we're kind of the, not the first, but at least it's, it's very publicized that like, we have to take care of that core, like the people in your house. And I, I don't know, like, I really feel like that's something that a lot of people are struggling with. And a lot of people are the first in their families to have to deal with that. Well, and then when you think about it, you know, even biblically, I won't go all the way there. It's okay, um, we can touch but, on it. <laughs> but, um, but service starts at home. Yeah. And so you have to make sure that that unit is intact before you go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And so if, you know, you and your husband are conflicted about what that what serving outside of the home looks like, mm-hmm. then there's no peace in yours. Yep. And how can you spread peace and love elsewhere when you really don't have it, but, you know, in your yeah. own home? And so that's spreading any, all the things, financial, like, you know, how? Yeah. Um, so I think it starts there and, you know, having those boundaries and those real conversations with those extensions of your family too. Have you had to have conversations like I that? have not. <laughs> because I'm wondering, I'm like, how, how is it so natural go? for you? I don't know how they will go. <laughs> um, but I mean, I know that I would do whatever I can, yeah. but again, my priorities. Are my mother and my daughter. Those are my priorities. I think a great way to do that, not that I've done this, but I think a great way to do this, I've heard this from another influencer. Her name is Maddie James. She's awesome. Check her out. But she does a family mission statement with her husband. Mm-hmm. And they do quarterly check-ins to compare what they're actually doing and does it align with their family mission statement. And and it, it doesn't even have to be anything super like, you know, I love that. huge. But I think theirs was um, keeping God at their center, of course. Um, making sure that the kids are happy and healthy, Mm -hmm. 
And um, I think they do like every, I think it's like every Saturday they do breakfast together. Every single Saturday they talk about their week. And it's like, it doesn't have, like I said, it doesn't have to be something yeah. super hard. It just has to be intentional. And I think we have these ideas for our family a lot of the times, but when we sit back and we think about, okay, what are we actually doing? It doesn't align. Does it align with what we actually want to do? I love that. And I think maybe, I feel like that should probably be a thing with everything. Like what's your, you know, family mission statement as it relates to serving outside of the home? Yeah. Like what are some things that we actually want to incorporate and how are we making sure that we're aligning, you know, our actions with what we said we wanted to do? For sure. Man. I love, I, I, I feel love like that. I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning from everybody else and from this conversation. I remember exercise where I had like a personal mission statement. Yeah. And I do one every year. Uh, my friend Michelle McKinney has this um, vision playbook for someone Ooh. else to follow. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get her on, too, so yeah. we can make that work. But when I do that, I also do, like, my personal mission statement. But I never thought about a family mission statement mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. and Queenie where we talk about, you know, what things look like for our family and pulling her in. Um, but I have a question, though. Yeah. Going back to the pressure, mm-hmm. like, how are you – navigating that today because you I mean you're still practicing but mm-hmm. you you have gone in a completely different direction <laughs> I'm winging and it I'm sure some of your family members don't understand no so what does Mm-mm. that look like so kind of going back to when you said your mom only had one thing for like one thing that you had to accomplish Live below yep <laughs> my mom's thing was I've always been a really sensitive kid I don't think you really know the sensitive side of me because Oh yeah, you do. But a lot of people don't. But one of my things, one of the things that my mom always said to me was the only people that matter as far as opinions are me and your daddy. And after a certain point, our opinions aren't even going to matter. So I was definitely raised in a way to not really worry about everybody else's opinions. Um, But naturally, I I still do. I just Mm -hmm. try not to let it get in the way of my actions. And um, I had a lot of conversations with my parents before I made this decision. I had a lot of conversations with my husband. I had a lot of conversation with my friends, you know. So I think by the time that I made the decision, I really didn't care what anybody thought. Okay. So, like, I I also tend to work a little bit slower. I make decisions a little bit slower. I'm not really like a I'm a just do it kind of person. Trust me, I thought about it. Mm -hmm. So I think internally one of the biggest things that I'm struggling with is I'm so used to having my own, you know, work business. I'm I'm used to doing things on my own and this business is very family oriented. It's very much my my husband is my business partner. We go through every single decision together. Granted, we're in a we're in a place where, you know, I think we trust each other enough to kind of do our own thing when it comes to the decision uh the business because I think we make good decisions, but I don't know. I'm kind of in the thick of it right now, and I'm kind of winging it, and it's working out. So <laughs> winging it is good. We don't always have to have a plan for everything. Oh man, I'm a backwards planner though. Like I am the oh, like the od, like super planner. So this is actually really uncomfortable for me, but I'm leaning into the discomfort mm-hmm. because I couldn't have predicted that life would have ended up like this. Yeah. And I feel like if I was my typical like OCD kind of person, we wouldn't be here. And I think like this, this is an opportunity also where I've leaned in a thousand percent into what I feel like God wants for me. Yeah. And I don't need to know the outcome. I don't need to know how it's going to happen because I'm telling you the things that I've done where I did not have a plan have worked out so much better than when I did. Wait, wait. 
<laughs> like this as an example. Like, we had no plan for so this. Lame. We don't even know. We don't even. We don't even know how to dream big. How like can God, you? Like, just blows our mind. Exactly. You think you're dreaming big? Yeah. And he's like, Girl. I always, I always used to say that we're God's comedian. That like God, God is <laughs> laughing at my like girl. You don't even know. You yeah. don't even know the habit. Like, go ahead, do. Go yeah. ahead and do what you think that's you want to do because that's yeah. not even it. That's not even it. Okay. So yeah, I've been. I've been. I I will say that I'm probably the first in my family to just wing it and to just go for it. And I I do understand that I'm in a position. I, it's a privilege yeah. to be able to be here. So I really just want to take advantage of the opportunity and just go. Like, and it's working out. It's working out. <laughs> Okay, so I think we could wrap. You think so? I mean, so I I always like to I don't know if we did this in season 1, but kind of ended on like what do we want to do moving forward? Yeah. Because it's yeah. not just of course we shared a lot about what we've been going through, but I also feel like my eyes are a little bit open. Actually, there's one more thing I want to bring up. Yeah. It was one comment when we were talking about the pressure and I know we'll talk about this in a different episode, but like going back to financial, you know, issues and scarcity mindsets and deficits, but like being the first in our families to kind of have options as far as education and as far as like extracurricular activities and the things that we want to do to invest in our kids. And I feel like at least with my parents, they did everything that they could to make sure that I was okay. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with Emery and Sydney, I'm, it's past that. Not only do I want you to be okay, I want you to be challenged. I want you to be pushed. Like, I feel like I have questions and thoughts about their future in a way that I don't know that my parents even knew to. For sure. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. always something. It's always. And that, I think, for me, that's the scary part of parenting. Yeah. It's not knowing, mm -hmm. um, you know, what's ahead or, or what type uh, you know, I'm, we're learning, yeah. you know, I'm learning how to parent Queenie every day and, you know, what options do you throw in front of them? Yeah. Um, I don't what know. opportunities do you give them? And, um, is it private? You know, it's just, yeah. it's all the things that I don't think our parents thought about. Yeah. Again, like my mom wasn't pressuring me to go mm -hmm. to college. I think it was kind of like, well, if you go, you go, yeah. if you don't, you mm -hmm. don't. You know, I don't know. We mm -hmm. did not sit down and have a conversation. Yeah. I came home one day and I was like, Oh, I'm going to Morton State. And she's like, okay. And then I went to church and learned about Bennett and mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to Bennett. And she was <laughs> like, okay. You know, so there, I don't, they, I don't believe that, I'm not sure that, I'm, well, I would imagine that there are plenty in my mom's generation mm -hmm. that were thinking that way. Mm -hmm. I think because of her upbringing and her experiences, you know, she graduated at 17 took um, a government test, I can't remember the mm -hmm. name of it, and went straight mm -hmm. to the government. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of her peers did too um, from North Carolina. And they really just wanted to get away. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that she had um, that foresight. Like, yeah. To, to really think and we that. probably don't too. I mean, right. I feel like the things For that we're sure. thinking, these kids, these are, we're talking about our five-year-old yeah. daughters here. We don't know what life's going to look like when they're seniors yeah. in high school. Yeah. Like, we don't even know that college will be a thing or if college will be pushed on them. I just, maybe, maybe you're right. Winging it does work a it little does. bit. It does, especially when, you know, for me, winging it, for me, it's called surrendering. Mm. I'm just surrendering. Mm -hmm. Like, God, I don't have all the answers, yep. nor do I have the time, the capacity, 
the, the, the spiritual fortitude to even think through all of these things. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to give it to you because I cannot. Yeah. And that for me is, is just surrendering. Yeah. That, that is what surrender. Yeah. Yep. Um, I love that. And that's when I feel like I'm living mm-hmm. when I'm just like trusting, like it's going to be okay. Yeah. It has to be. And it, it always been. is. Yes. It yep. always, like proven time after mm-hmm. time, it always works out for my good. So I'm just mm-hmm. at this point in my forties, I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Being okay with not knowing what's next. Yeah. Because I feel like we're, prepo- we're prepared. Another thing is um, one of my high school teachers used to always say, um, he used to hate it when we said we were lucky. And it's like, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Mm-hmm. If you're constantly in, if you're in a place where you're prepared for the next step, even if you're not knowing what the next step is, you'll be prepared enough when that opportunity comes to take advantage of it. Sure. So I feel like that's another way of surrendering. Yeah. You know, and I think with any time with being the first, I think that there is a um, there is a blessing in being the first, especially when it's something positive. Mm-hmm. It's such a blessing. It's something to congratulate yourself for. But I think it's also a place to surrender because we don't know what the next step is, mm-hmm. but we made it this far to get there. We'll Absolutely. figure it out. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah, let's end we're on back. that. I know, we're back. We're back. Um, we're really excited. Thank you again for chatting with us or listening to us chat. If you are the first of something in your family, please let us know. If something that we talked about resonated with you, please let us know. Um, we would love to continue this conversation moving forward. Um, so until next time, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Bye, guys.